If you have your Bibles, if you turn with me to Psalms 96, Psalms 96 and verse 1, Psalm 96 and verse 1. As we were approaching this year's Southampton Roads Mission Project, I sensed that the Lord was going to use us in a bit of a different way than He has used this project over the years. And God, periodically in our lives, likes to change things up on us and make things new. And that forces us to trust Him and depend upon Him. And the 96th Psalm opens with these words... Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Uh, If you skip over to the 98th Psalm, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for He has done marvelous things. His right hand and His holy arm have worked salvation for Him. Repeatedly in the Scriptures, there is a challenge to us to sing a new song to the Lord. Notice he says, I want you to sing it. I want you to sing it to the Lord. And it is going to be a new song that you are going to be singing. Singing a new song. In other words, God working in our lives in a new way and using us in a way and to a degree that he has not used us before is scary. It is also exciting. And when we have to start singing that new song... We have to be open and available to where and how God wants to use us. We have to really be willing to trust the provision of God. Pastor said years ago, God is never ahead of time, but God is always right on time. And often God's right on time is not our timing. And a number of times leading up to shrimp and during shrimp, I was finding myself saying, God, when are you going to provide? It would have been nice if it could already have showed up. And the Lord proved I can show up when I want to show up, need to show up, and I'll be right on time when I do show up with the work that I'm going to do. And so the Lord calls us periodically in our journey with Him to sing a new song to Him. Allow me to share with you some information and ideas about what we did this year. And then we've got some team members that are going to come and give words of testimony. We're going to share a video with you. Um, and then I'll conclude with a final challenge. We conducted two vacation Bible schools, one at Indian River Baptist Church in Chesapeake and the other at Elizabeth River Baptist Church. We had a total enrollment between those two vacation Bible schools of 110 children and youth. We saw two folks trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. We were privileged to be able to place two gifts into the hands of all those who attended. The first was what's called the Jesus Storybook. And this is a book that we're using in our children's church here that takes the stories of the Bible. And it has tremendous artwork in it alongside of, written in a child's language, the story of that particular Bible story. And uh, it's been very effectively used, and so we were able to place one of these. And our church, we had a a person in our church that donated these, but what we did in giving them out is we went to the fly leaves and we, we placed in there, presented to you by either Elizabeth River Baptist or Indian River Baptist Church with the date of the vacation Bible school. And the reason we put the name of those churches in there was a way to create connection immediately between the children and that church. The second Bible we gave out is a 
New International Version Bible, but it is done as a children's Bible. It is what you would pick up with any regular Bible, but it's got the illustrations of the stories designed more for children. Now, interestingly enough, several years ago at Shrimp, we gave out 700 of these on the streets of Chesapeake and Norfolk. And what we have found with this Bible is that it is as effective with teenagers and adults as it is with children. Now, the look of it is very disarming. It's not threatening. Uh, and we've just been amazed at how well-received this Bible has been. And one of the commitments that we had through Shrimp this year, and we've always tried to have it, is this. We want to place a copy of God's Word into every person's hand who will receive it. In fact, I challenged our team. I said, even if they don't want to receive a copy of God's Word, we're going to try to find a way to place a copy of His Word into their hands. But the idea there is that when they walk away from Shrimp, that they've got something, they've got the Word of God in their hands that they will be able to carry with them, God willing, for the rest of their lives. And the Lord will take that and use that in their lives. We had 89 team members. And that was a huge answer to prayer because literally two weeks before shrimp, we had 30 team members. And God took us to 89 team members in two weeks. Uh, we were just amazed at churches that contacted us and said, hey, we want to be a part of this. And this enabled us to fully staff the sites that we were at. Those 89 team members came from 11 churches, uh, literally spread across Virginia, and in particular the Hampton Roads area. I want to thank our kitchen team, 95% of it, which was from this church. They fed those folks three times a day. They were up at the crack of dawn or before the crack of dawn uh, cooking and uh, preparing food, etc., and then serving it. And once we get over one meal, they'd have to go back to the kitchen and start cooking and preparing the next meal. Uh, and it was just amazing what they did. The members of our church that were on that kitchen team, if you would stand because you, you all did a hero's job this week of preparing all that food for us. And they fed us good. We had lasagna and meatloaf and tacos and sandwiches and all kinds of good stuff. So we really enjoyed it. David uh, Burgess had also secured a lot of meat for us. And they uh, shipped, got that down there to us. So uh, we had eggs, bacon, and biscuits every morning. Uh, we, we were eating, as they say, high on the hog uh, when we were there. I thought I was going to go lose weight, and I realized as the week was going on, I was probably gaining weight, particularly the night they had peach cobbler for dessert. I, that's one of my weaknesses. Um, our mission this week was to work with these two churches, Indian River Baptist Church and Elizabeth River Baptist Church. Both of those churches are old churches. They have large facilities uh, but they are churches that are really, really hurting. Neither one of those churches has children's ministries. And it was our mission to help those churches reconnect with their specific communities and to help them jumpstart a children's ministry. Elizabeth River Baptist was able to connect to nine new families in their area through the Bible school that we did there. And Indian River was able to connect to five new families. Uh, I know at Elizabeth River, they began the uh, process of follow-up immediately because as the children left on Friday, they were handing them packets of information about the church. Uh, their uh, head deacon was telling me that they were going to begin doing home visitations to those families. And so both churches were very committed to following up and excited about the future of the families that they were able to make connections with. 
uh, Elizabeth River, they told us they were beginning a new children's Sunday school class um, following up from Vacation Bible School. There were some new ministries that started this week um, that we had not planned on. You know, sometimes you know where the Lord's taking you, and then there are other times God just starts pulling surprises out of the hat, and you just flow with what He's doing. And these were some new ministry areas. First of all, we became very multilingual. First Hispanic Baptist Church of Virginia Beach brought their youth group over. And what we did not... did not anticipate, but God surprised us, was at Elizabeth River Baptist. We had children that showed up who did not speak much English but spoke Spanish. And they were able to have uh, the young people from First Hispanic were able to be translators for them in the vacation Bible school. And it was fascinating to watch their workers walk around with these children and just translate for them what was going on and what was being taught, etc. We also had a Brazilian uh, church that joined us. I did not realize that until Monday when the folks walked in with the uh, Spanish-speaking children and they said, we need a translator. Well, I saw some folks standing there that I thought were Hispanic, so I walked up and I said, can you translate for these children? They speak Spanish, and they looked at me and said, no, we speak Portuguese. And I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting to, to hear that. And, uh, but that was interesting how the Lord took us into multilingual ministry. And then the Hispanic uh, church also participated in leading in worship. So for the first time, we were able to worship in the evenings in English and Spanish. We would sing in English, and then they would lead us in singing in Spanish. And so that was just a new direction that God took us and increased our ability to minister in a multilingual way. Uh, A second area that really caught us by surprise was people with disabilities. We had a number of team members who had physical and or learning disabilities who were actually part of our shrimp team. Uh, I had a young man who had a, has a pretty tough case of autism, but this kid is a prayer warrior, and I discovered it on Saturday night. He was in my small prayer group, and we went to pray, and he begins to pray, and his words were drawn out because he troubles, struggles to speak. But I was just amazed at how he got in touch with God. And when we would have group meetings and I would call, I'd say, anybody wants to pray, feel free. He would start praying. And he would pray very specifically for ministries. And so it was very fascinating to see how the Lord was bringing people and placing people with disabilities on our team. But also over at Elizabeth River Baptist, they came to me on Wednesday and said, we are starting a new crew. We call our small groups crew. We're starting a new crew exclusively for people with disabilities. And to watch that group, and we had to have a high teacher-pupil ratio, almost one-on-one, but to see folks coming, uh, and the young people coming, and adults who were not, you know, they struggled to walk, they struggled to speak, and we had the same thing at Indian River, and it was just such a blessing to know that when people were coming with disabilities, that they were welcomed, that we were were able to minister to them, and that their families were able to bring them to the Bible schools and to receive ministry. And the Lord had just had been dealing with me for some time about folks with disabilities, but I didn't realize it was going to explode on us like it did with shrimp, and that was a new area of ministry. The new third area of new place of ministry was law enforcement. Um, Not that any of us got locked up or anything, but let me explain what I mean by that. On Wednesday night, we were wrapping things up for the day, and a bunch of the kids were out on the church parking lot playing basketball, and and folks were visiting with each other, and two Chesapeake 
uh, police officer cars pulled up on the parking lot. And I thought, maybe we're disturbing the peace or something. And I walked up to the officers, and they introduced themselves to me. And they said, we've been working a case down the block, and it looked like you guys were having a party, and we just wanted to get in on it. And uh, so I stood there and began to talk with them, and they began to share with me the stress that they are under and the issues that they are having to deal with. They have the toughest section of Chesapeake that they have to work. And so they were sharing that with me. And I said, well, why don't you all guys come on in and have some cake with us? So they came in, and one of the guys had cake. And I said, I want to invite you to join us at Elizabeth River Baptist Church. And so they came um, on Friday. Uh, they came over to Elizabeth River Baptist. We had an opportunity to pray with them, uh, to sing a song uh, for them. And uh, they just really sort of just really sucked up the affirmation and ministry that they were able to receive. And that was a ministry uh, that we had not anticipated was going to come our way. But again, the Lord was just sort of supplied surprising us everywhere. Give you a little bit of our schedule. We begin last Saturday night with training our team and everything from how to share their faith uh, to how to relate to children and work with them. On Sunday, we worshiped with his respective churches. We split our team and worshiped with the two churches. And then Sunday afternoon, we went door to door. Um, This is one of the advertisements we had from Elizabeth River. Uh, just placing these literally uh, in thousands of homes in the two sections of town where we were working uh, so folks would know about the Bible schools and so forth. And so the teams were out there going door-to-door doing that last Sunday afternoon. Each day began with a devotional period uh, because we're no better with the folks in ministry uh, than we are with God first. And so we begin each day with a time with the Lord, and then we had an afternoon Bible school with Elizabeth River Baptist from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock, and then we had dinner, and then an evening vacation Bible school, which was held outside on a church lawn, large church lawn at Indian River Baptist, and that was from 6 to 8. All right, some of our team members are going to come and share with us, and as they do that, if uh, we could get the uh, air conditioning knocked up a few degrees, um, so it, it a little bit warmer in here, that would be uh, a blessing. All right, uh, team members, if you would come who are going to share, come on down now and share with our folks uh, how God worked in your life this past week. I'm going to try to um, share from two different perspectives. And um, the first thing, uh, we are all very familiar, but Matthew 28 says, um, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. And that was something that I had learned um, as a youth. And I attended a church that supported that. Um, I can remember my Sunday school teacher, one of my Sunday school teachers, every Sunday we would go into class and she would set out an empty chair. And somebody said, why do you always, we got enough chairs for everybody. And she said, because that's for the next person that God's gonna send. And I cannot remember very many Sundays that someone didn't always come in and take that chair. You know, she was increasing my faith. And then they poured into our youth ministry. We had a um, youth choir director who made a uh, praise team out of us. And we traveled all over Carolina and Virginia and several, you know, lots of places singing. 
and I learned to know Jesus there. I was baptized there. My dad and I were baptized together. I was married in that church. My sister was in that church. And because of them, I know Jesus. So when pastor said we were going to do shrimp, that part of me, okay, uh, you know I am 67 years old, and that part of me said, COVID's coming, I've got to be here for Iowa, I, I got all this stuff, I, do I really want to do this? <laughs> you know, but um, I didn't think I really had a choice. I mean, that's, that's what God called us to do. So I said, yep, I'm going. <laughs> and um, we prepared to do it. Iowa's not, um, shouldn't be a, a shrimp. Shrimp is for youth. We are there to, to prepare the youth to be able to share Jesus with the next generation. And we do that with the children that are there, and they need to concentrate on them. But because I volunteered, they let me bring her along, you know. So that was really good. And as things started coming together, um, I began to see God working, to telling me that I was in the right place. Because David shared that we were going to be doing things differently. We weren't going to be going into the same communities we had been, but we were going to go and help some churches that needed to be revitalized. And guess where one of those churches was? The church where I was baptized, where the lady taught me to invite, to pray, and he would send people to the church that poured into me when I was a kid, Elizabeth River Baptist Church. And when I left Elizabeth River Baptist Church because they had a split, as Baptist churches do, <laughs> guess where I started going to church? Indian River Baptist Church. So there are no coincidences. God sent this opportunity for me to be faithful and to go back and, and pour back into these people. And I was really grateful, um, really, really grateful. Um, I only met one woman that I really remembered well from Elizabeth River. Her name was Marjorie Hamilton, and she was the piano player. And um, she asked to see me, and I talked with her, and I told her that I would who the pastor was and who the, you know, and she said, we did a great work. And she said, because you all came, God's going to enable us. We're going to do a great work again. We're going to rise back up. And, and it, um, it was such an encouragement to me. And the other thing that I wanted to tell you was that we're sending to, to share Jesus with these communities and these children, but we're sharing Jesus with our youth. And they're being trained on how to share. And if we don't do that, they're not going to know how to share. I mean, everybody freezes up when they go the first time to share, you know. So we did all this training with the bracelets, you know. And the youth were trained on what to do. But what I didn't realize was my Iowa was sitting there playing on the floor, crawling around, doing anything but paying attention, you know. Um, but when we were going to bed, I said, you know, Iowa, get why do you think we wear these? Because she was playing with one of them, you know, slingshot across the, <laughs> across the floor. Um, and she, she said, well, because that's how we share Jesus. And she started with the green. And she told me what every one of them was for. So you, by enabling us to go, are planting seeds in the next generation. We didn't just do it in other communities. And I wanted to give you just a brief synopsis of all the other things that Aowa saw because she was able to go with me, okay? All right, she saw youth of many races and nationalities singing and worshiping our God, okay? You know, that was amazing. 
Um, she saw youth working together. You know, a lot of times people want to fuss and fight, but I mean, they had to, every morning after devotions, we had to go back and sanitize the rooms, COVID, you know. We had to sweep and vacuum and mop, and all of these youth were working together and getting it done. She experienced the responsibility of taking care of it because she had to help. We gave her Clorox wipes, and she had to go do all the doorknobs and all the light switches, things that she could do. She heard praise songs, as Pastor had just said, in English and Spanish, sung simultaneously because we were all praising one God. Didn't matter what the language was, didn't matter what the color of the skin was, we were praising God, and she got to see that. Um, she saw people being happy. I mean, how many times do you go out in the world now and you see people in stress and their faces are, are gloomy? She saw joy, okay? Um, she heard youth volunteering to pray. You know how it is when pastor says somebody can pray. I mean, these youth were just standing up and praying, you know, for a long time. And she saw it over and over again, multiple times a day. She saw people with disabilities praising God in song and being a part of our vacation Bible school. You know, a lot of times children and youth, you know, when someone's different, they tend to stand back. But these brothers and sisters were standing right there with us singing, and it was natural, and it was normal, and it was so good. Um, and she now knows that both of these churches are struggling. And she knows that when believers see struggling communities, we pray. What a tool to give her. There's a solution to our problems, and it's calling out to God. Um, and in addition to all of that, she got vacation Bible school twice a day because she participated as one of the kids. And she heard parables about Jesus from our teachers and all of the things that went on. And she saw all of those kids coming to hear that. I just want to say thank you all for enabling us to go because I was able to give her a tremendous blessing because of that. First of all, thank you so much for all of the support, prayer, and encouragement that uh, you all gave before, and even now. I, I had sweet people come up and go, you made it, you made it. I said, yeah, I made it, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, I will have to admit, there was one time that I did not make it to the, we would go at one o'clock to the, to the worship center and we would sort of prepare to go to Elizabeth River and I told the kids I'll be there in a minute I'll be there and they went on and I just got real comfortable <laughs> and next thing I knew Debbie was going Judy, Judy the bus is waiting for you so I said oh okay okay and I got dressed and I went down but I, I was rested I, I did a great job you know? <laughs> it felt good it felt good but that was the only time I did that okay I also want to thank you all for the opportunity to bond with our youth. We had wonderful young people that went with us, and they, they, I just, I loved them before, but I truly, truly love them now, and they were really good to me, and getting off the bus after you've been sitting for a long time, and you have old knees and old hips, um, it's hard, and so 
so often, Max in particular, but the others, they'd be waiting there, you need help, you need help. So, so just kind, sweet, sweet young people. I will tell you that every year I've been here, since, well, since Pastor David's been here, I've wanted to go to Shrimp. I, I love missions, I love meeting people, and I can talk to a signpost. But every year I would think, I'm too old, I have stomach issues, I, I, just, I just don't, I was afraid that I would not be able, physically, to, 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 to do it. And then a few, and, and even early on when Debbie told me she was going, she said, come on, I said, well, you know. Um, and then a few, just a few Sundays ago, maybe it's been a month, six weeks, we had a nice young man that came and spe- spoke to us who was um, in an organization that was part of the Baptist Convention, right? I think. I don't, he was somebody. He was really nice, and I liked what he said. Okay? But he was talking about all that's happening in the world today and how for many of us, and, and I'm included, when I see those negative things happening, I just go, oh my goodness, I just, the world is dark and it's horrible and why am I here, you know? And he mentioned when he saw those things and then he saw Christians standing up and, and, and speaking against it or for it or whatever was needed. And he said that we, all of us, as in Esther, we're placed here for such a time as this. It's our responsibility to minister, to disciple, to see Jesus wherever he's working, and he's always working. And when, when he did that, I went, that's right, for such a time as this. So I told Pastor David, I'm going. Here's my check. Went to all the little classes, and I learned those songs. Okay, um, sometimes I sat and did those songs, I have to admit, but, but it was great fun. And then the job I had was something that I love. I, if anybody knows me, they know I always have a book. I read. So I was going to help with the reading. And, you know, we've all given books and such, and what we do, which I think was really more important when, we, when you all went out to the other uh, areas, because a lot of kids don't have access to books or don't, or don't have their own books, we'd give them books. But what we did this time, and, and I'm sure it was similar to the other, we would put all of these books out. The kids would come in and we'd say, all right, get as many books as you want. You know, and they would go and they would look. And then we'd say, do you have a book you want us to read? Or we might find a book and say, I'd love to read this to you. And of course, we didn't. We didn't choose war and peace or whatever. We little little books, and um, the first the Monday, uh, the they were older, and these two little boys were sitting there. One of them got one book, the other one to get a, no books. And he said, "No, I don't want any books." And he he would sit with his head down. He wouldn't communicate with me very well. So I started reading a silly little book about snow day, and I said, "Do you all like snow days?" And I would get them involved. And there was, a, what do you do on a snow day? And one of the things was um, go outside and stick your tongue out and let a snowflake fall on it. And there were pictures of snowflakes. And I said, do you see these snowflakes? I said, every one is different and special and beautiful, just like us. We're all 
unique and special and beautiful. And then I started asking him some more questions, read another little book. And before we were finished, he was sitting there telling me all kinds of things, just talking and energetic. He was so sweet. By Wednesday, and this was at Elizabeth River Baptist Church. By Wednesday, you know, we bonded a little, as I hope I did with, with many of the kids. And Wednesday, he came up and he said, Miss Judy, I won't be here after today. I went, oh, no, why? And he said, well, I'm going to be with my grandma. And I said, that's cool. That's, that's my favorite time of my whole life is when my granddaughter's with me. And he said, but I'm going to miss you, and can I give you a hug? Now, we weren't supposed to hug COVID, but I did not deny that child giving me a hug. And so I, I just felt that hopefully I showed Jesus to this young man, and, and, and someday when I'm in heaven, and long time after that, when that young man comes, he might come and look for me and say, I remember you. That was so sweet, so sweet. And then at Indian River, okay, we were outside. So were the mosquitoes. They enjoyed vacation Bible school too. They were well fed, okay. Um, but anyway, we put, them, put the books out on, the, on a tarp and uh, the first, first couple of nights, there was one little girl there and the biggest, prettiest eyes, and she was crying and sad at the end of it, and I noticed her. Well, then by the, the third night, when she came, I did notice a young man who was taller and a little older than that group, and he was standing back, had on boots and a cap, okay? Franklin County, you know, that's what I thought. Anyway, he was standing back, and I tried to get him to choose a book, and uh, he wouldn't. He just stood back, and um, so I said, well, what do you like to read? What, do you, what are you interested in? Hunting and fishing, and I said, okay. <laughs> so I started looking for a book, something. We didn't have books on hunting and fishing, but I did find a book that had sea creatures in it. Well, I thought, hey, you know, so I took it over to him, and I had a big octopus on the front, and he said, I don't fish for that, <laughs> you know, no octopus, you know. So, so anyway, we started talking, and I said, okay, so you like hunting and fishing. What kind of hunting do you like? And he liked to coon hunt, and he liked to deer hunt, and uh, he had a rabbit dog, or some, an uncle, somebody did. So I started telling him all about my dad, and my dad, oh, he had all hunting dogs, and he would breed them and raise them and train them and sell them and and I grew up with dogs so we talked and he was so sweet and we just built this really neat relationship I felt and he just lived up the street so at, when they went on and I did my thing with the other groups and when we were finishing that day I noticed him talking to a lovely lady who was there and I went over and it was his mom so I, I introduced myself, and I told her what adorable children she had. And I said, do you, do you have a home church? And she said, no. We started a company uh, around three years ago, and, and we don't have much time with our children. So, you know, we're going and doing things on the weekend. And I said, well, I, honestly, I can't think of a better place to be with your children than in church. She said, well, yeah. And then before they left, I saw Pastor Bert talking to that lady. So I am so hopeful, I pray, that this morning 
there in that church. And if not this morning, then later on. I feel that in my old age and with my decrepit body and my stomach problems, I pray that I touched at least those two and that it made a difference. And there is no way to put a value on, on one soul. And so I feel so blessed to have gone. And if we are able to do it next year, and I'm still here, which would be all right if I'm not, because, okay, but, but I, I'm, I'm going to try to go again. And I'm not going to let what I can't do keep me from going because it's not about what I can't or can't do. It's about what God can do with me. Thank you all again. It was a great experience. What is the new song that God has for you to sing for him? One of the lessons, or the main lesson that I took away this year was the song of God's provision. We prayed for team members. We thought we were going to have 30. God gave us 89. I prayed and prayed and struggled because we didn't have a worship team. And God ended up giving us seven teenagers to form our worship team. And they led us in worship each night, and they ended up doing it bilingually. And the Lord just said, I had this thing, you were yourself sick over it, and I knew what I was putting together and how I was putting it together. And over and over, we saw the provision of God. And the Lord taught me a lesson, whatever He chooses and wills, He will see to it that it happens. We may not know how it's going to happen, and it may baffle us as to how it's going to happen. And God will show up and do it in his time. I wanted it done four weeks ago. He decided to do it two weeks uh, and literally uh, that week. But whatever God calls you to, he will provide it. He will lay it out there. And he will make it happen. He never abandons his work. He knows how he's going to accomplish his work. But periodically God says it's time to sing a new song. And we have to say yes. And it's scary when that happens. But folks, when God says it's time to sing a new song, He is taking us from the comfort zone that we are in to what I like to call the discovery zone of what He has for us. But the road from comfort zone to discovery zone is called obedience. It's when we, God says, we've got to leave your comfort zone. You come over here to the discovery zone of what I'm going to do, and that road is obedience. It is impossible to get to the place of discovery without obeying Him step by step in order to get there. And sometimes that new song is learning and singing new things about Him, like His provision and His love and His power. Sometimes that discovery is learning how to work with people, in our case this week, folks that were struggling with disabilities, and how to meet them where they were and love them and support them and meet their families. Sometimes it's in a new place and in a new way. God will show you. But God is going to change the song with us periodically. And part of the reason He does that is He wants to use your life in a new and a great way. And part of the reason He does that is because he wants us to trust him in a deeper way. And so I want to challenge you today. What is the new song 
that God is calling you to sing for Him. Prior to COVID, when we were having the choir, Valshara would give us new music. And I discovered two things when Valshara gave us new music to sing. One was that I was going to have to work harder. And two, I had to focus more on the choir director. I couldn't just wing it. When God gives us a new song, we have to focus more on Jesus and we have to work harder. We have to focus more on Jesus and we have to work harder. But you know something? The new song is worth singing. What is the new song that God may very well be giving you? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you that serving you never gets stale. That it is a time of discovery and expansion. But Lord, we've got to be willing to sing that new song that you give us. And God, when you give us that new song, help us to sing it with everything we've got. Lord, it will be scary, but you will take us to that place of discovery as we sing that new song for your glory. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, for those of you that are in this room and those that are joining us through social media, I ask again, what is the new song that God is calling you to sing for his glory? What is the way that he wants to take your life and use you? For his glory. And for some of you, it may be that you've never had a time in your life when you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. When you've said, I want to know you, Jesus, I want to follow you. His word says in John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, and that is you, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Believing in him is choosing to follow him. And so I want to encourage you this day, if you've never chosen to follow Jesus, to pray a simple prayer. Lord Jesus, this day I want to follow you. I want to serve you. And Lord, I would just want to walk with you. If you pray that to him, he will accept you. He will take you. He will love you. And you have begun the journey of discovery with him. In just a moment, we will sing a hymn, song of invitation. An opportunity for you to seal that decision with him. And if you're in this room, we invite you to walk the aisle of this church and to say, I need to start singing this new song for Jesus. It may be to trust him as your Savior. It may be to become part of this church family. It may be to serve him in a specific way, in a specific place, and you need to yield in obedience to him. But Lord, I will start singing that new song to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand together, sing, come if you will.